Hello, and welcome back to the Cartoon Time Machine. I am Scarlett. I'm still Katie. And we are your animates. And we are here today to talk about Era 2 of Cartoon Network as part of our series on uh, the history and the different phases of Cartoon Network. Uh, for those of you who didn't see our last episode, we discussed the first chunk of Cartoon Network history uh, from the early days when they were mostly cartoons brought in from other uh, networks and other uh, creators to when they started doing their original content with things like Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Dexter's Lab, moving all the way up into the early 2000s past shows like Powerpuff Girls and uh, or, or, remind me of some of the other shows to talk about. It's been a week, I forget. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, that. Like that. Courage. All, all, all the good shows from the depths of your childhood that us just saying the name has brought to mind so many wonderful memories, and in the case of Courage, possibly some repressed trauma. <laughs> um, but we're not talking about those shows today. We are moving right along into the era, I want to say, was it like 2004 to 2010-ish? Is that where we're at? Uh, this first one is 2004 to about 2007. Alright, so I would have been, you know, in early to late elementary school. Um, and by early to late, I just mean elementary school, because that's how time <laughs> works. Um, were we but, that yeah. young? I know. Was that those like, years? Those were those years. start high school? Oh my god. Yeah, no, that was. Oh, wow. Now I yeah. feel old. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, these were prime Cartoon Network watching ages for us because we didn't have cars and we didn't have like social lives. We couldn't drink or have sex or anything. We just had to sit and watch Cartoon Network. Yes, yes Katie? You're saying we have a social life now and <laughs> we can drive places and go places? We still watch cartoons. We just feel like we should be out driving and having sex or something. But not right now because it's a pandemic. Why are going to have sex kids? Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about cartoons. <laughs> do you want to start telling us about some of the cartoons that came out during this great era? So this is the CN City Bumper era. And this is when yes. bumpers actually got, were big for Cartoon Network. Um, yes. I feel like so. other networks never quite did this in the same way Cartoon Network did. For those of you who forget, there was, like, for every era of Cartoon Network, the bumpers were kind of their own show. Like, you could almost trace a storyline through that. By far the best is the CN City. I think I, I think I speak for all of us who are remembering this because it was it was exactly what you wanted cartoons to be. Like when you like imagined them like going off the set, Roger Rabbit style. They were just living in a cartoon city, and there was the KND Treehouse, and there was Townsville. Like they all coexisted so wonderfully, and you know they weren't fighting each other. They weren't you know clashing. They were just. Hanging out. Uh, I remember there was one great bumper with uh, Raven from Teen Titans and Mandy from Billy and Mandy sitting on a subway together and just like giving each other the stink eye and then looking forward. And that was the that was just the bumper, and it worked. <laughs> it was such great, recognizable, distinct characters that it was so easy to just like do things like that when everyone involved would know what the what the character interactions were supposed to be. Uh, so that was great. I I miss bumpers like that. Yeah, so, good times. This was also when Boomerang finally got it, became a sister channel, so only two classics remained on Cartoon Network, so they were really going away from their 
pretty prevalent thing of just rerunning old cartoons. Only Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes remained, and I watched too much Tom and Jerry still. Uh, this was also a time that Cartoon Network angered some of its fans by doing live-action programming. Oh, God. I never watched any of that. I would just be annoyed when it would show up in my in my nice Christian Cartoon Network hour. There'd be some, some live-action stuff. Stay in your lane, yeah, But also, the network began airing live-action films. And some of these films were Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Osmosis Jones, The Page Master... And These then there are other things. I take back everything I had to say. All of those films slap. Mostly because Osmosis Jones is, like, barely a live action. Like, the like, it's not like Roger Rabbit, where, like, the ratio of, like, live action to cartoon is, like, 70-30. Like, Osmosis Jones must have had, like, 10 minutes of its total runtime in live action. Everything else was, like, was just a full-on cartoon. Not even a mix of cartoon live action. Like, it was just a cartoon. The point where the, the cartoon series that came off of it, I don't believe had any live action elements. I think it was just a cartoon. Think so. uh, you also have fully live action movies that were airing on Cartoon Network. The Goonies, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Batman, and Men in Black. Huh. Some of these seem a little weirdly adults to be on Cartoon Network, not gonna lie. I don't know. I wonder if they were on the other, on Adult Swim, which is part of Cartoon Network, and we can't forget that. Ugh, yes, now Adult Swim. The show they that also, I felt a little bit bad for, for tuning in for that first 10 minutes of the Adult Swim block that would be on before I had to go to bed, and I would feel a little bit dirty. Also in 2006, Zix, a Canadian live-action show with CGI elements briefly aired on Saturday mornings for three months. Fun fact about Cartoon Network's CN City era. Also, uh, Saved by the Bell was on Adult Swim for a whole two weeks. See, now that's like an opposite thing. Like, I feel like Saved by the Bell is too childish to be on Adult Swim. Like, Saved by the Bell is practically a cartoon anyway. But shall we get into the fun things of the shows that were still airing and then came about this time? Yes, yes, yes. So the first six we have already discussed uh, in our last episode because they started during the start. No, Star yeah, the Starburst era. Uh, you have Powerpuff Girls, which ends in 2005. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, which goes strong through this whole era somehow. Codename Kinsex Store. Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Star Wars The Clone Wars. Which one? Don't know. Wait, Star Wars Clone Wars. No, Wait, is that the Clone Wars Star Wars Clone Wars? Yeah, it's Star Wars Clone Wars. I added the V out of Force of Habit. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't tell you which one is accurate. I know... Yeah. Come, come at me, Star Wars fans. <laughs> Megas. XLR. I'll just read all the ones that were happening. Johnny Bravo also... No, no, don't. We talked about that one briefly in both of them. We don't know what this is, but it existed. That was a week ago, and I already forget. Wow. <laughs> More things that happened. Uh, Johnny Bravo still is happening and ended in 2004. Evil Clone Carne also ended in 2004. Samurai Jack also ended in 2004. What um, happened in 2004? <laughs> Who knows? There was also Hi Hi Puffy Amy Yumi, which did not come out then, but I also ended in 2004. I, okay. Hi oh, Hi here Puffy we go. was great. I loved that show. It was, because it was, it was like the first like fully chibi show that I'd ever seen. Like, I'm not going to say it was the first one that existed. Maybe it wasn't even the first one on Cartoon Network, but like, 
It was adorable. It's about these these two girls who are in a rock band, and they're basically Raven and Starfire from Teen Titans, so I really dug them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like it was only on the air for like a year or so. It like, almost feels like a fever dream that I had that I don't really mm-hmm. remember, but I really loved it. The next, so that premiered in 2004. The next thing premiered in, or there's one we'll get back to that also premiered in 2004, but we'll go to 2005 now, where you have the life and times of Juniper Lee, which I don't remember I, fully, but I briefly have this name in my head. Vague recollection. Like, I get the sense that it was almost like a, it, it had like very like American Dragon Jake Long vibes, but on Cartoon Network, not Disney. Like, it was like mm, a, mm-hmm. a it had like you know strong asian influence like asian american influence it was about like a little kid who i think she could transform into something maybe not or she fought monsters or there are not. monsters and demons monsters and demons yeah and like, a magical burial called called the veil rad this reminds me of other things but yeah that existed uh <laughs> vietnam flashback to the novel you're currently reading no, it's a different thing. That's a video game I played that has uh, a thing like that, where I had to make the decision about the the magic barrier. What do we do with it? Uh, premiered in 2005, we have Camp Laszlo, which does feel like a fever dream that I remember a lot better. I loved Camp Laszlo. It was great one. It was. Yeah. I don't I don't know what what the like the storyline was other than there's just like these wacky kids at summer camp together but it was it almost like kind of felt like because there was always that scoutmaster who didn't want the kids to have any fun like it had like weird like G-rated Animal House vibes which I really dug. But here's the thing and uh, spoiler to this cartoon that if you haven't watched it I don't think you're going to. At the very end, the, the camp counselor who didn't want the kids to have fun is, like, shown to have been, in, like, he kidnapped and impersonated the actual Scoutmaster, who's, like, an older moose. <laughs> Wait, okay, but, like, that's literally the, the episode of The Simpsons that jumped the shark. Like, that's that's literally the plot of the one episode of The Simpsons that, like, everyone wanted their names taken off of. It was awful, like, and that when, like, the school principal is determined to be an imposter and, like, his old army commander is actually the real principal. Like, why would you do that? This and this must have been like like seven years after that. Like, it's like that was already a thing in the universe. How did this happen twice? So like, it was revealed. It. It's weird that it happened twice. In the final episode, it was revealed that Scoutmaster Olympus the Moose uh, was an imposter all along who had locked up the real Scoutmaster in the closet the whole season and stole his job. He fooled everyone into thinking he was the real scoutmaster of Camp Kidney, and then at the end he was arrested and was taken away to a mental asylum under a stra- uh, straitjacket and vows revenge on the steer. But Lazlo thought it was a great summer anyway. Katie, darling, don't take this the wrong way, but are you sure you're on the wiki and not like AO3 or something? Because I absolutely am on the wiki. Holy crap, okay, so I might- I remember this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it had that, like, kind of a storyline. I thought it was, like, just 11 minutes of kids having water balloon fights and pranking the girls. Like, wow, okay. Huh. Fun fact, the real Scoutmaster is voiced by Tom Kenny. <laughs> was it the old Scoutmaster voiced by Tom Kenny? I feel like half the people on that show were voiced by Tom Kenny. Was it last I mean, you're Tom probably Kenny? right. 
Yeah, Tom Kenny's cat. Yeah, he's just, everything. I'm hearing Laszlo's voice in my head, and it sounds a little like SpongeBob. You're right. <laughs> Tom okay. Kenny did voice. Oh, I don't know if he voiced Laszlo, but he uh, definitely voiced the other one. Oh, okay. So maybe he didn't voice Laszlo then, because that would be. A I lot don't know. Of let's let's click on Tom Kenny. We're gonna click on Tom Kenny. He <laughs> did it. That should that should be the subtitle for this show is let's click on Tom Kenny because he's gonna pop up everywhere no matter what we do. <laughs> he he did the scout he was Scoutmaster Lumpus, Wilbert, Slinkman, Milo, Big Harry Mountain Men, Big Bean, Clyde, and the real Scoutmaster of Camp Kidney. All right. So which one got you, Big Harry Mountain Man? Being every other character. <laughs> You're not wrong. So that fever dream existed, and it I think of it as a fever dream solely for that final episode. I, I do. I will give Camp Laszlo credit that I believe it was the show that taught me what the, what the term snipe hunt meant. Because there's an episode where they go on a literal snipe hunt and try to find the snipe. And like I will, like seven year old me was very excited to learn that term, and I think used it a lot. <laughs> I think I also learned that from there. Snipe. So this is something we Not share. I just the next recesses of my memory, and by recesses <laughs> of my memory, I mean I spent many recesses playing Snipe Hunt. <laughs> so the next show that premiere premiered in two thousand five was another fever. Wow, this era Cartoon Network just kinda is a fever dream. My gym partner's a monkey. Yes, I love my gym partner's a monkey. <laughs> I love it also. Fans, you'll know this is the one where I have my like dark conspiracy theory where I think that like he's not actually at a school for animals he's like the little the little boy main character is actually just like a juvenile delinquent who is like being forced to go to a school for other juvenile delinquents and he sees them all as animals that's not actually the case the, the show is just about a, a kid who's at a school of animals and it's fun it's fun it's fun I remember it I feel like I remember the art style being very enjoyable it was colorful you know i think it was simple but colorful um yeah I, I remember it being very creative it was kind of like an early zootopia kind of vibes of how they designed this school to accommodate different kinds of animals like i remember there's like there's underwater classes where all the underwater kids go like all like the like the sharks and the whales and like just fishy students and, oh and the the main bully is a shark but he walks on land and has, like, headphones full of yeah. water over his gill. I just remember thinking that's such a brilliant idea. Like That was good. It's like there were people in the writer's room being like, all right, what kind of animal should the bully be? And some really high person in the back of the room shouted, a shark. And they're like, no, Jim. Like, how, how can we, like, what, is he going to flop around? Like, no, no, no. I have an idea. I know how we can bring this shark into this. It was uh, fun. It was would you like to guess who voiced uh, Jake Spider-Man? Monkey? Oh, it was definitely Tom Kenny. I'm hearing that voice. That was Tom Kenny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. But also, like, just here. This was I think Tara Strong was in there, too. Was there, was there Tara Strong? Uh, she's not listed on the main list, but here's the main list. You have Tom Kenny, Nika Furterman, Gray Delisle, Delisle names. Who, who was Gray Delisle? I think it's Lyle. Who, who, who was she? It's not listed immediately what who she voiced on the show, so she might have just been extra voices. Rick Gomez, don't know you. Maurice LaMarche. Yes, my man. Uh, Phil Lamar. Cree oh, Summer. So you got some good ones in there. I love how there's like seven or eight voice actors who just combine to voice like 90% of our childhood favorites. 
Yeah. Well, this is the era of Tom Kenny on Cartoon Network. We will be seeing his voice more times. I'm trying to remember. Was was the old Spider-Man show on Cartoon Network? Because he voiced Doc Ock in that, and he was great. <clears throat> and that was just, it was a, it was a weird role for him. Like you wouldn't expect him to have that role, and he did a really good job. Um, the next on the list is the original Ben 10 series. I have to say original because we're going to see like eight other Ben 10s coming up as we keep going. Okay, so as, as, were you into Ben 10 as a kid? I liked this series. I hated all the others. So so I, I as someone who never really got into Ben 10, like I didn't like it was, there's nothing wrong with it. Like and I would watch it like if it was on, but I never had any strong attachment to it. What is it about Ben 10 specifically that it's given it a million reboots to the point where I think it, like, there's only, like, one or two years since the first Ben 10 series came out when there wasn't actively a new Ben 10 series on Cartoon Network. What happened? What is the appeal of this show? I think it was probably at the time, like, the biggest appealing show for boys, and it was everyone's favorite thing. What's everyone's favorite thing in, in television, Scarlet? Moichandizable. Moichandice. 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 That's true. Actually, I do remember the, the one summer I was at, at uh, Cartoon Network Corporate, we were definitely like pushing a lot of toys uh, for Ben 10, which I guess makes sense because you could have the accessory that was the watch and there were literally 10 different monsters that you could turn into. So I, I get right. I guess that's not surprising that it has withstood the test of time because it is wildly merchandisable. Um, but just like from the perspective of a kid watching it, I don't know. Like I don't, it, you know, it's. It, I feel like for me, it was always hard to like to play Ben Ten on the playground. Not just because you know the main character is a boy, so I wouldn't ever get picked to play the lead, so to speak. <laughs> but like, it, it, he turned into all the other cool monsters. Like the cool monsters never interacted with each other. So I feel like that made it hard to like have your imaginative play because like other than him, like. He had his bratty sister, but no one would ever want to pretend to be the bratty sister. Like, I don't know. I think I think at some point she like becomes her own monster and she, or alien, I guess, and gets to do some cool stuff. Then there's the kid who's like like kind of like with Kevin Eleven, who is the bully character or like turns evil or something. There's always a character who turns evil in these shows. Um, I don't know. To, to to me, it wasn't you know clearly was doing something right, but wasn't for me. I mean, clearly Cartoon Network was pushing it, and you can tell, as now we've decided we must look up the voice cast of all these shows for Where's uh, Tom Kenny. Where's Tom Kenny? <laughs> our, our new segment on Cartoon Time Machine, ladies and gentlemen, Where's Tom Kenny? <laughs> Where's uh, Tom Kenny? Unfortunately, I actually think he doesn't appear in this, this era of Ben 10, but Ben Tennyson is voiced by Tara Strong. Yep, that sounds right. Maybe See that's them. wherever Tom Kenny isn't, Tara Strong is. Actually, are they- Have you ever seen them in the same room? I have not. I have. I, I will say I have seen Tom Kenny in a room, but I have not seen Tara Strong in a room, so. And you didn't kidnap him to take him onto the show? Come on. Unfortunately, I think that might have terminated my internship. Not gonna lie. I think, <laughs> I think there were very few things you could do to terminate an internship, but kidnapping a bankable star <laughs> might be one of them. We also have everyone's favorite uh, animal voice actor, Dee Bradley Baker. Yes. Uh, Cree Summer again, made it here. Rob Paulson, a favorite. Wait, who was Rob Paulson? He played one of the monsters named Ditto. Yeah, that's 
sounds about right. I see it with a small, high-pitched monster. Looking at it, yeah. <laughs> Rob Paulson doesn't voice deep-voiced monster characters. Yeah. No. Uh, more Tara Strong, more D. Bradley Baker. A lot of D. Bradley Baker, shockingly. Jennifer Hale. That makes sense for a show like this with a bunch of aliens who, like, don't fully speak like humans. You'd, you'd want a guy who does the best animal voices ever. I found Grey again. She made it. Yay! Was she the Tom Kane, I read his... Hmm? Did she voice Ben's sister? Because, like, I feel like she might have. No, that was Megan Smith, who I don't know. Anyway, I'm looking through the guess. Where's Tom Kenny? I don't. Maybe Tom Kenny's not in this. It's okay. Shh. We gotta check all the guest stars because I'll Tom Kenny is everywhere. As we wait while Katie tries to find Tom Kenny. <laughs> hey, you're good at vamping. Vamp for me. <laughs> this is why people watch. They look, come for our weird personalities. No, I think this is why people don't watch, Katie, because if you haven't noticed, people don't really watch, and this might be why. <laughs> I wish I had, I wish I had, you know, you're, you're the one who has a cat who you can just, like, hold up to the camera. You should bring that. Well, the last original series to premiere during CN City is a favorite and does have Tom Kenny in it. So we don't have to play Where's Tom Kenny? I know where he is. It was Foster's home for imaginary friends. Foster's! Oh my god. What a, what a sweet show. That was... Oh, it just, it warms your heart. Like, it's not, it is probably the least cynical of this era of Cartoon Network shows. I think that's fair to say. Like, all of these shows had kind of an edge to them, which was important in defining Cartoon Network's, like, sense of self. But Foster's was, like, earnest. There was an earnestness to Foster's that is just really cute. Foster's really hits, I think, uh, the second core of Cartoon Network. You have the core of Dark edgy and then you have the core of this is a well-designed cartoon well-written well-animated solid cartoon you will stand the test of time this goes firmly in that category and oh, just is miles away from the other unless you start to think about what happens to the are there just are there just an, an, an imaginary friends on the streets? What happens to them? Is there a pound for imaginary friends? What happens when you grow out of them? And the ones who don't go to Foster's? Yeah, it, it is definitely one of those shows that benefits from you not thinking really hard about. Because the imaginary friends are kind of somewhere on the spectrum between animal and child in a really uncomfortable way. Because, like... They get adopted like animals, but they absolutely have, like, autonomy like humans. To the point where it feels cruel to, like, have their entire lives dependent on whether or not a child will adopt them. And, like, I don't know, man. It's, there's, there's some weird stuff you think about it too hard. So, if you don't think about it too hard, it's a really cute show about all these really creatively animated and designed characters interacting in a big house like i feel like that was certainly like if you if you were a kid like me who had much older siblings or if you didn't have any siblings like growing up you would 
thinking of a place that was just full of friends all the time where you were never bored, you were never lonely, there were just always people around to play with is such a great fantasy to have. And I think Foster's really, really gets to that core desire of children just to constantly be around friends who will always want to have fun with you. Like that, 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 that was so fun. And Blue is such a great character. You know, he's kind of got that lovable jerk kind of attitude, but he always gets his comeuppance. Like, Blue never really succeeds, which I, I, I like it when bad characters don't get, you know, don't get rewarded. Like, I think a, a more cynical show would reward Blue more often, but he pretty much always ends the episode get getting what's coming to him, which I like. It does well. The characters are fun. And we found Tom Kenny. We found Tom Kenny, who is Eduardo, and Eduardo is the best. I mean, the ultimate don't judge a book by its cover character. This hulking evil looking monster with a skull on his belt and he's so sweet we love eduardo that was probably the strongest thing to come out of that era eduardo no the whole show okay but also eduardo right (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah it's probably the it lasted probably the longest other than ben 10 which we know only lasted as long as it did because merchandise well, okay, we count all the Ben 10 series. I think it is actively going on to this day. I think there's I think a new you're... Ben 10 series currently happening. Yeah, you're probably right. Also, let me check. One two years ago when I was when I was interning there, because we were like pushing new episodes and stuff. So I think I think Cartoon Network will continue doing Ben 10 for a very long time. And again, I don't. It's nothing wrong with Ben 10. Like I don't think it's like harmful to children. Um, we will get to some shows that I think like really shouldn't have continued as long as they did and were just bad shows, but I I don't think we can put Ben 10 in that area. Yeah. But with Foster's carrying us on, we move into a weird bumper. Weird bumper. Or a weird, one of the weird ones. Also, I'm determining. All the shows that aren't, like, Cartoon Network Studios shows, but, like, we're still on Cartoon Network in that time, because I feel like there were a lot of them in this period. Yeah, I'm trying to find them. This would have been, like, Totally Spy and Code Lyoko and Teen Titans, things like that, that were, I think, mostly Canal or DC Entertainment, but were really good. I know, and they're not showing up on my list. What? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, Static was also in this period, Static Shock was here. Good, good, good era to be a child watching superhero cartoons, I will, I will say. Great DC shows. Oh, this wiki is bad. Oh no. Here, I can, I can, I can do research too. I'm, I'm also a researcher. We went to college. We went, went to college. college. <laughs> uh... started we actually went on until. Oh no. So we've now learned that I have a failed list, and we might have missed some shows. No! I don't think we did for the earlier era, because that was not uh, a Yeah, lot I don't think we got a lot of all of those shows in the in the earliest era. Oh, Code Lyoko is also 2003. So I guess that was kind of part of that transitional period. Darn you, transitional period. Let's see, when was... Uh, if you were wondering, Ben 10 is still going on. <laughs> yes. Uh, totally Size totally started in 2001? What? That doesn't feel right. That feels really early for that show. Huh. 
Oh, oh you know what? There, here's the answer. It start, in 2001, it started on ABC Family and went to Cartoon Network in 2003. So I don't know why it didn't show up on my list. Because you're stupid, Katie. That's why. How dare you not have the most updated list that the internet could possibly provide and hasn't actually provided because I don't think such a list exists. How dare you? IMDb has a list that's every Cartoon Network show, as far as I know. I mean, I think, okay, you know, again, to be fair, I think it's it's hard to draw the line between what is a Cartoon Network show and what aired on Cartoon Network, even to this day. Because um, arguably Cartoon Network's most popular show today is Teen Titans Go, and that's not a Cartoon Network Studios production. That, that is being done at uh, at Warner Brothers. So, you know, it's, yeah, we're, we gotta draw the line. And I think, you know, we mostly want to talk about the eras in terms of Cartoon Network originals. That's, you know, kind of what the most important thing to talk about. Um, things that made Cartoon Network's identity and shaped the shows that it would go on later. Um, so we can just briefly touch on, you know, some of like the, some of those superhero shows. Um, I guess those were the more action-oriented shows that were mostly the one that were that were uh, brought over from other studios. Did you did you have a favorite of those those more action superhero slash teenagers fighting evil shows? Not really. This was that was not my area. I was more of the like Fosters and stuff. So uh, you will be bringing in these shows for us. Well, I won't. I won't. I won't go into that long because you know that again. That's not really the point of this. Um, I, I'll, I'll mention Code Lyoko only because that was like my favorite show growing up. Uh, that was so, that was so much fun, and you know it's French. So unlike you know that that's a more uh, a, a less well known area of animation, I think especially today I don't know how much uh, how many animated French shows exist. Although I think uh, uh, Miraculous Ladybug, I believe whatever that show is, I believe that is a French production. Uh, so they're still doing stuff. Um, Oko was just a fun show about kids who uh, went into a supercomputer to fight an evil super virus or something. I don't know if they ever fully explained what the what the enemy was. Um, but it was very fun, and it was a really cool use of mixing early CGI with 2D animation. The kids were all 2D in the real world, and when they went into the computer world, they became CGI, which always looked so cool to me, like that they were able to, like that, that was a great signifier of <laughs> the future and technology is, oh yeah, early 2000 CGI, it will never look more realistic than this. It's, it looks great. <laughs> They have so many emotions on their faces, like three of them. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun mm. one of that era. Um, oh, was this also when, when was Shaolin Showdown? Because I was so into Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> Let's see, what year was that? Yep, 2003. Wow, all the greatest shows came out in 2003. Love it. Uh, that was fun. That was just a fun show. So Cartoon Network definitely acquired a lot of shows in 2003. Yeah, there must have been, you know, that would be interesting to, like, look into, like, behind the scenes what was happening, because I, I imagine, like, yeah, they probably did realize, like, oh, wow, we're becoming really popular, and we're making a lot of great shows, but we don't have enough to fill up the block as much as we want, especially once they uh, kicked off Boomerang, once all the Boomerang shows got onto their separate channel. Uh, they probably needed to fill a lot of time, so... Uh, yeah, Shaolin Showdown was just another classic, like, it was, like, basically Street Fighter the show. Like, you'd have, like, a vague plot for the first ten minutes where it's, like, basically explaining why the characters are in this setting, and then the last ten minutes would be just fighting. 
So <laughs> it, it, it appealed to my simple child brain because I didn't really care why they were in Rio de Janeiro for this episode. I just wanted them to fight a big monster there. That's all I wanted. That's what I was here for. I was stupid. <laughs> so I liked it. It was fun. I did That's finally okay. find a list of all of them and we'll get oh, did to you it. Find a list? Yeah, we'll get to it at the end. Okay, well, so, but now my piece. <laughs> now we've moved on to the very short-lived uh, yes bumper era from yes. two thousand six to two thousand seven. Uh, what did you think of Fred Fredberger as a kid? Did you I like? Mean, him? I don't know if I did. I think I did. I think I didn't understand what was happening. Why? I remember hating him. Like, I, like, an irrational hatred, because there's no, re like, for those of you who don't know, Fred Fredberger was the, was a character on Billy and Mandy, who's, he kind of filled that same sort of role that Cheese did later on in Foster's, where they just sort of exist to be annoying and to repeat the same things over and over again. And that was the joke. They existed to be annoying characters. But I hated both of them. I hated both of them so much. I think I think maybe as an adult, I'm, I would be more willing to give them a chance. But I was always so annoyed when the Fred Fredberger yes bumps showed up because he was like he was like the host of the yes bumps. I don't know. I don't know if he was officially or if it was just like he always seemed to be in them. But like he would pop up and go yes and move on. Did not like yeah. it. I, I, I don't remember it. liking it. Don't remember egregiously hating it. But let's talk about the shows. Fine, let's talk about the shows and not my there, irrational hatred of Fred Fredberger. <laughs> there were only two premieres. So the things that continued, Ed and Eddie continued through this, Codename Kids Next Door continued through this, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy continued through this, Fosters continued through this. Hi, hi, Puffy, Amy, Yumi uh, ended during this. Rest in peace. As did the life and times of Juniper Lee. Rest in peace. Camp Lazla continued. My gym partner's a monkey continued. Ben 10 is immortal. Uh, and then, <laughs> <laughs> then you had the premiere of Squirrel Boy. You know what Squirrel Boy is? That's like triggering something at the back of my mind, but I don't remember. I feel like it was somehow similar to Laszlo. It it feels like it is. Squirrel Boy, let me look this up. Because like I Oh no, you know what? This doesn't look like I remember. So I might be thinking of a different oh. show. You know, I have brief recollections of it, but it appears we're still in the uh what were we calling it? Oh, I forget what we were calling this era of Cartoon Network already. Fever Dream. Feels fever like another Fever Dream. Yeah, no, I'm willing to call this a Fever Dream. Yeah, okay. Also premiered during this time, Class of 3000. I never also to watch Class of 3000. I always felt like I was watching it, and I'm like, this show is not for me. Like, that might be like one of my first experiences as a white person seeing a show that was just clearly meant for someone hipper and less white. And, like, just accepting that I would never be cool enough to understand what was happening on that show. Yeah, I did not watch this show. Looking at it now, don't know it, didn't watch it. It was, like, about this, like, cool music teacher who came in to teach a bunch of rowdy children how to appreciate hip-hop and cool dancing. I don't know. I, I Good I, show I, to exist. Don't know a lot about it. Yeah. I don't know. Um... So as we can tell, uh, we're in a weird period for Cartoon Network. They're mostly relying on some solid titles for a little bit and not premiering new things. Right, which would mean that a lot of these shows are probably in something of a decline, which might mean we're going to start to see some 
uh, more risky shows popping up. Like I would, I would probably put class 3000 in that category. But now we get to the, that bumper was short lived an even shorter lived bumper was the summer of 2007 bumper in which all those shows continued. Nothing new premiered, nothing ended, nothing happens. Now we're succeeded by fall for a year. For less than a year. It, this bumper is just called Fall, and it's on a, like, it's the Cartoon Network tilted lo- letters oh, with Cartoon Network fall. under it on a f- background. I thought you meant it was, like, the Autumn logo, and I was very, very confused that someone allowed that to continue for, like, a year. No, this one from September 14th to 2013. Hmm. This era, we feel, it, this is what the wiki says. According to many, this is the start of the decline. Because the band branding featured real humans. Don't like that. And the fact that out of Jimmy's head, Cartoon Network's first live-action series premiered. And live-action movies were played more than ever. So this is when we're going to see Cartoon Network ending some shows also. I remember hating Jimmy's Head so much. I don't even remember why I hated it, but I remember it being one of the shows that if I saw it start to come up, I would immediately turn off Cartoon Network. Yeah, so we're, this will be a longer one. We've we've had some easy errors to talk about. This one's gonna be harder. Okay. So we, this is about nine months of an era. So we have Edit and Eddie still going and continues through this. Edit and Eddie lasted a lot longer than I thought it did. How many seasons did it have? Oh, a lot, apparently. Uh, the next one, Codenade Kids Next Door, ended in January of 2008. So it lasted most of this, it lasted about half of this era and ended. If you are shocked that Edit and Eddie lasted longer than Codenade Kids Next Door, so am I. Okay, so Ed, Ed and Eddie only had five seasons, but it went on for, like, eight years. What happened? Slow production cycle. Yeah, really. It only had 70 episodes. Slow production cycle, probably. Huh. Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy makes it through this one. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends makes it through this one. Camp Lazo ends almost it, about three quarters through this one. Ending with that weird, weird episode. The first Ben 10 series ends. My gym partner's a monkey makes it through. Yeah. Squirrel Boy, to the shock of no one, ends at the very beginning. What is that, one one year? One year for Squirrel Boy? I think Squirrel Boy lasted about one year. Even less, wait. <laughs> one season. I gotta... Oh no, okay. okay. Go there. There we go. I closed the thing. Squirrel Boy premiered May 20. Okay, it made it a year. So it made it one season. Class of 3000 ends about three quarters through. And now we have the list of premieres. Are you ready for this? I'm ready to realize how old I am and that I probably won't recognize most of these. Oh no, you will. Uh oh. The first one to premiere in this block is Chowder. We are fully in Acid Trip, Lucid Dream, Cartoon Network also. The early stuff was Fever Dream. This definitely became Acid Trip because there is a difference. There is a difference. Oh, yeah. Fever Dream being like, oh, man, that's really weird. Why did I think that would make sense to, 
oh my god, everything is happening at once, and it is really colorful. Like, parts of chowder was colorful, anthropomorphic food, eating food, also occasionally got, like, felted versions of themselves. For some reason, that's burrowed its way into my mind. Well, I think I think Chowder was one of the first times Cartoon Network really started experimenting with different forms of animation. I think I think there was some stop motion stuff in there too. I think there was some claymation involved. I think you're right. I think it had some felt versions of the characters or backgrounds or things like that. I think maybe even some puppetry was involved. I mean, it, it seemed like a show that was really willing to to kind of do its own thing. I mean, there was nothing really before or after that was like Chowder. Chowder does kind of stand kind of isolated in the Cartoon Network canon. You really the only thing that's even a little bit comparable is Adventure Time, but then not really. I they... have one that I think is maybe, there you go, I was going to say. Yeah. I think Flapjack is the closest thing you can say to Chowder. Flapjack's kind of a Which... spiritual successor to Chowder, yeah. D- different animation style, but I think a lot of the tone is very similar. Very similar tone, and I think in general you see, we'll see this progression between this. Chowder to Flapjack to the Adventure Time land. Like, these are two important shows for Cartoon Network to figure out, ah, we can do acid trips. We can do weird stuff and hope that children will be entertained, but the parents are actually paying attention. Like, I, I remember... Chowder and Flapjack, though, never had yeah. the same storylines that Adventure Time later did. I think they were much more episodic, much more goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, Adventure Time season one, I think, is probably closer, but... You know, as, as Adventure Time went on, as we'll eventually discuss Adventure Time, um, it definitely developed its own identity that was completely separate from whatever was previously happening, especially on shows like Chowder. Um, but Chowder's great. Chowder's just an adorable character. You know, you know who you know who Chowder. I feel like would eventually like evolve into. I think is Steven Universe. I think that personality, obviously not later Steven Universe, because he grew into his own you know more adult character, but like. Chowder is basically season one Steven Universe, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I refer to Chowder as a character and Steven as a character. Like, that little chubby, happy-go-lucky just wants to be involved, just wants to do things like the adults are doing. Like, it's sweet. It's yeah, sweet. so I feel like Chowder and Flapjack, which also premiered during this time, just a little bit later than Chowder. They definitely yeah, like half a year. Right? Do they overlap? Yeah. I feel like they, they were like back to back. Yeah, they did. Chowder premiered six months before Flapjack. So awesome. it's a very similar timeline, very similar moods, especially as we said with the modeling, the different animation styles they were working with. Um, very different side of Cartoon Network that I think is very important. We talk about this decline, but I think these two shows allowed are the bridge between old Cartoon Network and some of the new shows that brought Cartoon Network back. So they let them experiment, keep some of the ideas of the old, because like Chowder was a goofy character. He wasn't one of those characters that needs therapy. Flapjack might have needed therapy. Can, can, can we separate Cartoon Network into characters who don't need therapy into everyone needs therapy? Because I think that might be valid. And actually, I think that even, even for Ben 10, like I remember later on Ben 10, like it got dark if I'm, yeah, like, early Ben 10 was just, like, another action series, but I think later on they did start to explore the implications of, like, this kid is probably seriously messed up now. Yeah, I think they did. But the rest of the shows that premiered, I'm gonna say are a little 
different and I think do explain why this is not a well-loved era of Cartoon Network. Let's Next have was Transformers animated. It's Transformers. What? Merchandise. Merchandising. Merchandising. Yeah, no, it was not a Transformers kid. I don't know. I, I never I was. I met anyone our age who was a Transformers kid, Katie. I feel like Transformers no, I kids think... are like younger than us or much older than us. Exactly. I think like our some of our parents might be from like the old series, comic books. And I, then I younger... in the 50s, my dude. Sorry, my parents are younger than yours. My dad's probably in the age of Transformers. Um, and then the people younger than us probably watched all of the uh, Transformers movies <laughs> and right, liked like, them. I, I think you're too right. old to enjoy those. Right, we were too old to, I think, really get into the Transformers movies. I think we were just at the age where we recognized that they were bad movies and like we knew that adults around us at least were calling them bad movies, so we weren't really getting into them. And... Yeah, and then, you know, to the younger than us, they were watching the movies, and older than us, like you said, there's the old 80s, 90s series that I think were probably better received. I don't know, I don't really, I don't know anything about this era of Transformers, so feel free to correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, and if this Transformers... And I feel like the Transformers animated probably, if I remember correctly, was for kids a little younger than us, and also definitely leaned towards the male audience because merchandise. Boys like trucks. Beep, beep. We do like trucks. Like that, that is, that is like the most basic thing that any like corporate executive learns about boys is that little boys like trucks. Like there's like that experiment they did with like baby chimps where they like had like a bunch of dolls and trucks and just like shoved them into their cage and all the boy chimps picked up the trucks and all the girl chimps picked up the dolls. Like it's just inherent primate uh, ideology that little boys will want to play with trucks. The next show I have a feeling you didn't watch and didn't like, and I watched and don't really remember liking too much, was Johnny Test. Yep, I I saw it and I, 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 I remember what it looked like and I don't remember enjoying watching it, so yep, that was accurate. I think overall, I get to see the list before you get, you do and the people do. This Cartoon Network era really, really started to aim towards younger, traditionally male audience. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's I think that really clear. Today, I think there, there's a, there's still a lean towards this show is for boys and this show is for girls. I think and this show is for people who need therapy. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that that's kind of what is always fun to me about, and we were getting a little ahead of ourselves, but with a show like Steven Universe, which I think really was one of the for one of the returns to form of Cartoon Network, where this is a show that can absolutely be enjoyed by girls and boys, because boy protagonists, but most of the supporting cast is women. And early Cartoon Network was like that. Like, I think it was something with the Powerpuff Girls, which I think, you know, it stars women, but the plots are so action-oriented that I feel like little boys could watch and enjoy, even though it had such a goofy veneer. And same with Dexter's Lab, which, you know, had basically split you equal times between Dee Dee and Dexter. Kids Next Door had all kinds of girl characters. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you're right. I feel like we're definitely starting to get into an era of Cartoon Network that was like, our demographic is boys, and we're going to make shows for boys. And God forbid a girl likes it, or we're shutting this all down Young Justice style. <laughs> Like, I feel like the only ones left- you bringing that up? Because I am pissed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the ones left in this era that 
don't feel like they skew for boys. Like, I still count Ed and Eddie as skewing male. That's a boy show. I I mean, the fact that we got into it, I think, is accidental. I don't remember. I remember talking. I mostly had boyfriends growing up. Not, not boyfriends. Friends who were boys. Um, because I was kind of a tomboy. And I would talk to them about Ed and Eddie. But I think I would have been embarrassed to mention it to my few friends who were girls. Like, I think it... There was definitely like an embarrassment factor that like this is for stupid boys. Mm-hmm. I think Fosters and maybe Grim Adventures you could count as those for are, anyone. Yeah, those are mesh shows. I, I and then yeah, maybe Chowder and Flapjack, but most of the characters that I remember, other than the Toadstool, or the Toad, not Toad, the Mushroom Lady, were male. Yeah, I, I think that that was starting to skew more male, but I think the colors were still really bright, and, the, you know, Flapjack was certainly a very effeminate boy. He definitely wasn't a, like, oh, yeah, let's punch things, Ben 10 kind of boy. Like, he was a, a singing, happy Tom Kenny boy. He was Tom Kenny, wasn't he? I'm, I'm like, nine Where's Tom Kenny? <laughs> Tom Kenny. Because I think he's just doing Spongebob for, Tom, for Flapjack. I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm not. I'm finding out. Vamp for me. Vamp for me. <laughs> You're very bad at this. We need a technical issue starting to go up, and it's just gonna be me going. <laughs> Don't make me make another one. Um, I uh, I am sad to inform you. The answer is no. It's not Tom Kenny. The Rop Van Orman. <laughs> I mean, this just could be my memory messing up. But, like, in my memory, he sounds just like Tom Kenny. Maybe it's a I don't know. Type voice. Maybe, but his name is Therop Van Orman. I feel like I recognize that name. Is he in other stuff? He was in the Angry Birds movie, too. <laughs> yes, I recognize him from the Angry Birds movie, which I've clearly watched. I'm finding his acting. Uh, he was. He did some voices in Adventure Time. He was Lil Gideon! <laughs> That's where I know him from. There we go. That would be where I've seen his name. Green Gravity Falls, Little Gideon. All right. Um, all right. So we we can put up one. Scarlet was wrong. Sign for <laughs> thinking very confidently that Flapjack was Tom Kenny when he was not. Uh, I'm sorry, Little Gideon. I I I can't believe I I disrespected you like that by not recognizing your voice. Um, but. Okay, so that so that that's good to know. Yeah, so I think you know our, our thesis statement of this could be you know Chowder and Flapjack sort of representing that that transition into we're gonna we're gonna start making shows that are really directly targeted to a demographic. And here are some more that start that demographic. The Mister Men Show. I don't know what it is, but it just sounds like it's for men. <laughs> so I know what this was, and you're half right. This was, because this was based on a book, <gasps> a book series. Your DC pictures, recognizing them. Yeah, so yes. this was a British book, a children's book series that I was really into as a kid. I loved this. Um, but I never saw the show because to me, like, I don't know how you make it. Like the, the concept of the books was like, there would be like, like, Little Miss Disrespectful or something like that. That's not actually the name of it. And it would just be how, it was like, like, a, like a moral lesson is that this, this one character was so, you know, had the bad personality trait and it got them in trouble and they learned over the course of like the 10 page children's book to not be that way. So like, for the, it was like, it was like Mr. Angry and 
Mr. Angry, you know, pissed someone off, so he had to learn a lesson, and Mr. Sad had to learn to be happy, stuff like that. So I, I remember, like, seeing that coming up on the Cartoon Network listings, but I don't remember actually watching it. I think I might have been aging out of it by this point. The only reason I'm going to keep this in the We Are For Boys is because they, it is based off an original series of books called Mr. Men and Little Miss, and they just dropped the Little Miss. <laughs> That, that is pretty funny, right? I mean, so, I, and I would imagine that in the in the cartoon that they still have the Little Miss characters. Like I said, there was, like, Little Miss Blank and Mr. Blank. Um, but, yes, I would imagine if they'd called the show the Mr. Men and the Little Miss show, they would have lost some of the demographic that would have seemed like, oh, Mr. Men, I'm a man. Grr. Please do that again. What, the grr? Yes. Grr. We need to get you a kelp mustache, and then you can truly be a man. Can I, can I just do this? Yeah. Uh, next on the list, we have the next Ben 10 series, because there will always be one. Ben 10 Alien Force. Woo! <laughs> I can't even tell. Like, some of these were, like, legitimately, like, rebooted series with, like, a new, like, cartoon style and a new, like, crew and everything. Was this a new season, or was this, like, actually a new show? This was a new one. The cartoon style changed. Ben 10 looks older. That's what I can give you. And other than the fact that Gwen Tennyson is voiced by Ashley Johnson. Yes. The only saving grace of the show. I can't say it's bad because she's in it. You just love her movement role. Excuse you. She's in some other, she's in a other Cartoon Network show that we will talk about later in which she delivers a great performance. Uh, but yeah, so we have Ben 10. For those of you who, who didn't get that from my bad replication of the theme song. <laughs> Merchandise, Ben 10. More Ben 10. Uh, we already talked about Flatjack. Then we have Total Drama Island, which is a fever dream of a show, truly. Yeah, that's back in that fever dream kind of... Because that's another thing that I think is still going, that, like, made new shows. Like, I think it's, like, there's, like, tro total drama-rama that exists now, which is all the characters but their babies, following the proud tradition of the, the show, but the characters are babies, which is, is one of my favorite cartoon trends to see. This is uh, one of the Canadian shows. Cartoon Network got some Canadian shows at different points. Oh, hey. Yeah, I... Uh, and Sorry, it's had at least seven it had at least seven seasons and wanted to go for more I, I don't think it's still going unless they did the reboot but uh they went for a while <laughs> I, they, there was like many it was like also like tro total drama action and total drama world tour like there were a lot of versions of this show and they all kind of had the same reality show premise that I don't know I think I was mostly turned off by the animation style because like they had very like almost adult swim kind of character models to them like they looked very mature the women all had like big pointy breasts and really big hips and the men all were like tattooed and kind of grungy looking like it didn't feel like it was for kids it really didn't feel like it was for me I don't know I I think that might also be part of Cartoon Network, like, trying to, like, hit, like, an older demographic. Like, I think they... Because they're also trying to hit the demographic that watches shows like Survivor, which definitely wasn't us. We were way too young to really be watching. No, people. this is definitely older kids. Because um, we would have just been entering middle school. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was an older middle school show. I think if you were, yeah. but, but that's a hard, I mean, that's a hard demographic for a cartoon series to hit in the first place. Cause by the time you're in mid middle school, even if you would have liked a show like that, you're not going to be watching cartoon network. Cause you think you're too old and too cool for it. And then you like age like three more years and realize, wait, why was I denying myself stuff that I like? I don't know. I, I think that's I think that's becoming less of a problem with kids today. I think it's becoming more acceptable to keep watching cartoons as you grow up. Uh, probably because the quality has just gotten so much better, and even adults are becoming aware that there's just quality animation out there that's not limited to kids. But there's definitely I don't know. There was that period in middle school where I was like, ugh, Phineas and Ferb. Who's still watching that? Like, I'm not. I'm not lame and young. I'm I'm an adult now. And then I'd like sneak watch Phineas and Ferb clips on YouTube, like I was like hiding a drug addiction or something. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever felt that. I felt that vibe, but I was a very insecure, insecure child, and I've just sort of exhausted all of those stocks in myself, and now I am as secure as a person can be. That was my secure dance. Only a very secure person would do a dance like that. So the only other show that premiered also ended in this, and that was Out of Jimmy's Head, which we talked about earlier, and is not loved at all. I hate that show. My computer just binged at me. How exciting. But now we move on to the... Hmm, is this pronounced nodes or nudes? How would you pronounce the word that's spelled N-O-O-D-S? I'm going with nudes. Nudes. This it, is how we was... know this is a, a pre-2012, I guess, show that the word nudes had yet to become horrible. No, no. This is the bump. The next bumper is titled nudes. No, no, I know. Okay. It is a, it was a little white yeah. humanoid figures. I'm telling our audience. I know. Go, go on. <laughs> But like they, that's all. They, you know what those things always look like to me? They look like those like punching bags that you punch them and they'd like fall back and then they'd flop forward again. But yeah. yeah. Like, and it's hard to describe. I don't really know what it is. But like, they, they would like have like the like the skins of the characters, but they wouldn't have like the faces or like they'd have the face, but they were like skin flat. Like, I don't know. They were weird. They were that. I, re I remember that bumper being like on as I was starting to stop watching Cartoon Network. And this is the last one we are going to talk about this in this episode because we're ending. I forget what with this era we are generally we're calling this the, the the internet has called this slightly the Middle Ages of Cartoon Network. Ah, the Middle Ages. Uh, so this brings us up from two thousand eight to mid two thousand ten. So we yep. are in middle school at this we are point. In middle school at the end at the end of this at least we're in middle school. I think we start middle. We started middle school and well, it depends when you started. If you count, I went. You know, if you stay from fifth to eighth grade as middle oh, okay. school. I, I started middle we school in fifth grade. Uh, we're about in middle school. We're in that weird middle age. We're not high schoolers. We're not children. We're just unhappy. The periods are beginning. We're getting acne for the first time. We're angry all the time. Everyone's mean. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> mean and insecure. Everyone's mean. Even you are mean. You don't know why you're being mean. You just, like, have an animal instinct to be mean. Like, it's a bad time. What? So what cartoons did we have to bring us through that time? Well, unfortunately, we only had Ed, Ed, and Eddie for half Wait, of this time. <laughs> it ended in 2009! What the hell? Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy ended in 2008. Foster's Home ended in 2009. 
My gym partner's a monkey ended in 2008. Chowder makes it through these two years. Johnny Tess makes it through. 16 appears. Oh my god, that was like in the same style as uh, Total Drama. Yeah, it's, a, it's, by, it's a by another Canadian group. Yes, you Canadians! No, Total Drama know. Island ended in 2008. Transformers Animated ended in 2009. Total Drama Action premiered and ended. Yeah, ben 10 Alien. I think all those Total Drama reboots all lasted like a year or two at most. I don't think any of them like stuck around that long. Yeah. Ben 10 Alien Force ended in 2010. Flapjack makes it through. Ooh. The Secret Saturdays begins and ends. Secret Saturdays? I don't know. It's not a Judy Bloom series. I feel like Judy Bloom had a book series called Secret Saturdays. Maybe it was based on that. I don't know. I'm looking mm. it up. Now you're about a family of secret agents that work to keep the truth about cryptids from getting out to protect both the human race and the creatures themselves. Oh, this is not what I was thinking of. Wow. Uh, I don't remember that, but I, I love how emotional it is. It only had 36 episodes, so I don't know. The Superhero Squad show premiered. I like Superhero Squad. So that was a Marvel show. One of the very few, I think, Marvel shows that showed up on, uh, on Cartoon Networks. I think for the most part, those early Marvel shows before Disney bought Marvel were all on Nickelodeon. Um, but Superhero Squad was fun because it was also kind of like chibi versions of Marvel characters doing like they look adorable hijinks. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't doing any. Like, it was a very not serious show. I think Stan Lee was like like played the mayor of like a superhero city or something like that. I love Stan Lee. R Rip the legend. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I thought it was cute. It was a, it's a good introduction to Marvel characters if you aren't really interested in an action-oriented show. It was definitely a comedy. It was definitely comedy first and anything approaching action second. There was, as far as I remember, there was no real emotional arc like was happening in the DC shows at those times. So, I don't know. I think it was fun. It was fun. The Mr. Men show ended in 2009. Garfield premiered in 2009. The Garfield show. Hero. watching that. I don't know. I feel like Garfield I, like I watch episodes. Garfield, I always feel like he's one of those characters I've kind of absorbed through cultural osmosis, but I'm not sure if I've ever like sat down and watched a Garfield property or like re even read a Garfield comic strip like on purpose, like outside of like seeing it online. Like I don't, I don't know if I ever like set out to seek out Garfield. Right? I think I saw the weird animated movie at one point that came oh, out with Bill Murray. Yeah, I think I saw I think that I, one. I think I did see that at, like, a slumber party or something when I was a kid. I don't remember, like, liking it a lot, but I think I saw it. I feel like I saw some of the Garfield show. I didn't like the new animation styles that were coming out at this point. If you have learned anything from this um, general podcast, it's that I think the olden ways were better. <laughs> Get off my cell-drawn animation. <laughs> uh, Hero 108 premiered in 2010. Gonna skip that one and come back to it. Gonna skip that one and come back to it. Ben 10, Ultimate Alien. Because there's alien always Ultimate Ben alien. 10. Alright, All right, guys. Run down uh, that That one uh, premiered in 2010. Generator Rex premiered in 2010. Don't worry. I have the plot summary of this one. The series follows a young 
amnesiac team named Rex, who fights with an organization called Providence, whose sole purpose is to deal with an EVO war caused by the Nanite event. To stop this war, Rex must unlock the secrets of his past with the help of his friends and teammates. Vegas plot summary I've ever read. <laughs> I have no, I like, you read that to me and I have no idea what this series is about. Um, However, what the hell is this principal cast? Troy Baker, Gray, John DiMaggio, DiMaggio, Fred Savage, J.K. Simmons. JK! Why? Dude, uh, I, I think I always saw promos for Generator Rex, and it seemed like such an obvious boy show. At that point, I was past my tomboy phase. I was like, I was like, all right, you are a woman. Act like a woman now. Um, <laughs> but I so that was not that was not appealing to me. That was way too action oriented. And I think all the promos always had him like with this like ridiculous huge gun, like, like staring into the camera, like uh, that shoots some aliens or monsters or nanites. Did you say nanites? I don't know. What nanites. So I guess robots. I, I think it seemed like a techno show of some kind. I don't know. It seemed it seemed as generic as that as that description. I don't I don't think it broke any new ground. So I'm going to purposely skip over four cartoons to come back to and go to the real shows because Cartoon Network was pushing their live action. The Other Siders survived for literally four months was that i don't know and the fact that it lasted four months <laughs> was wait was that their like paranormal investigation show yes there two five go. teen ghost hunters who do a paranormal investigation in haunted places or buildings around the state of california dang it they did it before us <laughs> no <laughs> hey, hey, we'll always have our ghost hunting adventure in college. We're not talking about this now, though. We are not. S survive this. A special episode. If we ever make a Patreon, that will be like our special bonus unlock episode is where we talk about our ghost hunting documentary that we made in college. All right. Survive this premiered June 17th and August 19th, 2009, which makes me feel it only got two episodes. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely sounds like it has two episodes. It also, I cannot click on it, which makes it even better. There is no hyperlink. No link. Yeah, that that doesn't strike me as the kind of show that stuck around. Brain Rush also lasted one month. Wait, was that like one of like one of their knockoff Nickelodeon game shows? I feel like that's what that was. Unwitting contestants are asked to answer trivia questions on roller coasters. What? Dude, that would have been stupid even for Nickelodeon. I'm not that surprised that that didn't last long. Oh, oh. Due to the lack of home video release for the show, it is considered to be partially lost. It's only two episodes can be found on the internet. We, we might have to explore this. There are only six episodes, and only two of them have, like, survived. Wow. The series was canceled in July 2009 due to extreme negative reviews from critics and audiences. I mean, okay, I can't imagine that that would have been a thrilling show, just hearing people answering questions while on a roller coaster. Like, yeah, no, no, duh. They're not going to be able to answer fully on a roller coaster. It doesn't even seem, like, at least the Nickelodeon shows, like, I, I wasn't big on the Nickelodeon game shows, but as lame as they got, some of 
got covered in slime by the end. So like, if nothing else, my childhood desire to see someone getting kind of messy was was satiated. This didn't even seem to have that. The, there are three more. I'm going to start with Bobby Says, which also lasted a month. Yep, now, you might be wondering, Bobby, how would you spell that? Please ask me in the way you should ask me how to spell it. How would you spell Bobby? As is the custom of our people, I will spell it out for you. B-O-B-B apostrophe E. <laughs> so was it a robot? Nope. It was hosted by actor Bobby, spelled that way, J. Thompson. Was he a it was rapper? Alive. Is that a rapper name? A really lame rapper name? <laughs> it, uh, it was a live action clip commentary series, which... And also here it says it was Cartoon Network's shortest running live action series, featured lasting only six episodes. Excuse you, the other one only got six episodes also. Yeah, Brain Rush apparently had seven episodes, six episodes, so... Yeah. Also, what about the other one that I survived this that I literally can't click on? So I think what we're what we're getting at here is there were a lot of really short-lived live action shows that probably shouldn't have gotten past the pilot stage. Like two of these should have been failed pilots. Yeah. So they they were at they've tried seven shows and they have not lasted very long. I will tell you about the other two which have lasted longer now. Oh, good. There is dude. What would happen? I did remember seeing promos for that. I believe this is kind of just myth structured in a style similar to Mythbusters. I was right. Yeah, that's the vibe I got from it too. Just like kid-friendly Mythbusters. Kid-friendly really. Mythbusters, which yeah. is not a bad idea. Loved Mythbusters. And the other was Destroy. Build Destroy. Which that's I do another remember one watching. That I God, these were all such like boy boy heavy shows. This was such the era of Cartoon Network trying to appeal to boys. Like even those shows that fail all sound like boy shows. I do remember seeing this occasionally. However, it is a boy's show, and the fact they were just, they had to destroy a random object and then build a vehicle out of it. And then destroy to lose its creation! Why would I have the impression that Destroy, Build, Destroy was like a Lego show competition? Nope. I don't know. I, I, the show I, I featured high powered explosives, rocket launchers, bazookas, and other destructive tools. Yep, that's a boy's show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that you you just saying that aloud every every boy between the ages of eight and sixteen in the vicinity just perked their heads up and they don't know why. <laughs> oh, there was a Ben Ten Alien Swarm was the ooh that was the film found that out. That was a live action film though I think right yeah they I think the Ben Ten film was live action oh my god and this was okay. Also Days, I think, when Nickelodeon was doing their live-action movies based on cartoons, like the, the Fairly Odd Parents movies. Stop doing that. I'm, I mean, I think they have stopped doing that, but, like, why did you ever think that was a good idea? Stop it. So, Destroy, Build, Destroy, and Do What Would Happen lasted, and you can see we have these a lot of boy-themed shows, and some children, and Canadians. But there are four <laughs> shows. The, the three genders. Boys, girls, and Canadians. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> One day we'll have merch. Okay, there, I think there are four shows that I have selected that premiered during this area, era that you might want to talk about and might we might hold in higher regard. Ooh. I'll start 
with Batman the Brave and the Bold. I do like Batman Brave and the Bold. I never, I, I've watched it more as an adult than I did as a kid, because as a kid, it didn't seem as dark and edgy as the other Batman shows, and it's not. It's more of a comedy series. Um, but it's a fun show. I like Batman Brave and the Bold. It's fun. The next, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Yes! Oh, I forgot that would have come out around this time. Guys, check it out on Netflix. I, I don't even want to spoil it. It is objectively the best Scooby-Doo series. It is, it takes itself so seriously and yet satirizes itself so well. Like, it feels like what the live-action movies were always trying to do but failed at. It is so much fun. If, if, this, and if this doesn't sell you on it, nothing will. Fred is my favorite character in the show. Fred, who has always, in every other iteration of Scooby-Doo, has always been the most nothing character. Like, the equivalent of a saltine with a little smear of mayonnaise on top of it. Like, imagine, so that was old Fred, and this Fred is like a delicious sourdough roll with a scoop of Nutella on the top. That is this Fred, and he is great. That's a show that saw a resurgence when it got to Netflix. We've had a couple friends watch it and say, it is very good. It's so good. <laughs> now there are two left, and I think these two are very equal standing, but I'm going to leave one because I think it's more important for Cartoon Network. The other is Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Yes, now we have them. We found the the. <laughs> so this is the longer running, more important series which leads us to so many other things, which is, no, was run on Cartoon Network, now belongs more at Disney. But. I should watch it. I, I, again, I really need to, so many shows to watch, so little time. I had, I started binging it. I no longer have access to Disney Plus, as this podcast knows very well. Um, it is a good show. It is, it is a good show, has good leads, is fun. But the other show is far more important to Cartoon Network and its longevity as you can see, the, a lot of the shows we talked about, not as big. Cartoon Network in a decline. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. But this show that premiered on April 5th, 2010, will come through to save Cartoon Network and bring it back to the way it should be. Scarlett, what is that show? I'm gonna assume that's Adventure Time, right? It is Adventure Time. Woo! I, you know, I, I get excited about Adventure Time, even though I, I'm really... I, I don't know if I can even call myself a fan of Adventure Time, because I did, I did, there are many seasons I have not seen, there's a lot about the show I, I don't know, there are people who are really into Adventure Time lore, Katie, doing the thing? I have seen almost no Adventure Time, even though I lauded it as being so important to Cartoon Network, I never got onto it in the 2010s, and I, I never I, went into it. I think Adventure Time is one of those shows that you can just respect for what it is and what it's done and the risks it's taken and the way it has propelled animation forward without it necessarily being your thing. Like I think I think it's 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 a there is a show that really you can see the stark difference between a show that is like a show that is good and a show that is just not to your taste. Like it is there's a very specific taste you have to have to like Adventure Time and I don't know if that is me. But, but by God, it's a good show. Like it's 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 not a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. Even the parts I don't like, I can't possibly call bad. The the animation is so interesting. The story arcs are ridiculously complicated. Like it's it's Tolkien esque. Like I think that's the, it, you could easily compare Adventure Time to something like Lord of the Rings. Like you need a, a thick appendix to describe <laughs> the world building that's involved, even if it's something as 
completely ridiculous as a candy kingdom and the the lumpy space which is just the universe where everyone is lumpy and if you touch them you can get the lumps like it's it's weird it's a weird weird show it's definitely definitely thoroughly in that cartoon network acid trip phase but especially as we go on in our next episode we're going to see how the popularity of adventure time and that new pendleton ward animation style is going to influence shows way down the line uh most most notably i think steven universe owes a lot to adventure time i think a lot of the bigger darker and i'm not gonna say edgy as in like uh i'm a teenager edgy but like wanting to start to push social things that other cartoons disney would never yeah. And Nickelodeon doesn't, except for the occasionally, like, Spongebob's asexual. <laughs> I think Adventure Time is important to Cartoon Network discovering it's the one that has the most power for diverse writing. Right. And I think that right, I, diverse writing, you get... That it's not early uh, in Adventure Time, but later on as the characters develop, and I give Adventure Time a lot of credit to this... That their characters are insanely well developed and have great story arcs. Yeah. And are there are some interesting things that I won't spoil because they are actually from beyond and I know how that goes. But there are things that I think is important for Adventure Time that they probably knew were coming later that weren't in there quite yet that let things like Steven Universe happen. All those shows that like to push bounds. So I think this is the most important show Cartoon Network has probably ever made. And so it I, kind I of saved on, Cartoon Network. Absolutely. And I think on a meta level, it was so important for Cartoon Network Studios to create a show like this that got such a cult following. Like, I would say probably not since the era of, like, Dexter's Lab and Baby Powerpuff Girls was there such a sudden cult following for Cartoon Network of people of all ages. Because, you know, Adve Adventure Time might be limited by its taste, but it's not limited by age. So... You know, a, a six-year-old kid can enjoy it, I think, on nearly the same level as a 30-something, provided mm -hmm. they have the same, like, taste in, in yeah. cartoons. Um, so I think, you know, that, that was a huge push to them realizing, wow, we are not limited to any demographic. We can do whatever we want. Um, and also, like I said, to more progressive themes, certainly. I don't... They never could go as full gay as Steven Universe later did, but it was- They do at the very, very end. Oh, do they? At know. the very end, it's finally as gay as they wanted it. Oh, okay. So I, I... Ventures, I mean, sorry, Gravity Falls couldn't because Disney. Disney, Disney, yeah, Disney. Disney. The Cartoon Network is like, yeah, we'll do it. I, I will say it definitely. It de it, I don't. I. I. I'll. I'll trust you in that the. Uh, the finale went went there with some of these characters. The internet was pushing for some characters to be gay way before they were able to do it. I think Adventure Time had ten seasons. It uh, did. It, it lasted a long time. Um, but now it, it might have been that also the writers knew where this was going and wanted to keep it more under wraps, more like. I don't know, man. It was ten. Seasons. I don't know. But <laughs> like, also like. It happens in other shows. I'm looking at you, She-Ra. She-Ra's <laughs> four seasons. Yeah. And She-Ra, also... I'm sorry, She-Ra was clearly going gay from the start. Like, if you Yeah, but I had to wait so long. <laughs> you waited three seasons. We'll talk about this later. Un un okay, unlike 
something like Steven Universe, which goes full gay within season one. So yeah, I, I I don't know. We 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 could go back and forth on what Adventure Time was able to do from the start. I think in 2010, I don't know. I don't think they could have made anything explicit probably for the first five years. And keep in mind, gay marriage wasn't legal in the United States, like all over the United States, until 2015. So yeah. like. I don't know. I don't know if five years previous they would have been able to do anything, even if they wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it definitely, it definitely created that. That I think a fan community became came back to a network that wasn't there before. That allowed them to do things that skewed more adult uh, later on. Until we got things like Over the Garden Wall and Steven Universe, the now Infinity Train, that they just they would not have been able to do without Adventure Time paving the way. So. Thank you, Adventure Time. We salute you. I think that's the, the thesis of this. You brought us out of that dark era of Cartoon Network. You were the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> we are still... This is where we, we end this week. But next week, we will still be in the darkness. Adventure Time took a while to get Cartoon Network out of the darkness. Right. Now that, so, like, I, from 2010 to about... We'll probably go to, like, 2014, 2016. We'll see how we're feeling based on all the shows we have to talk about. Um, there is some darkness left. It definitely would have been. Ooh, you know, look at that, Young Justice. We can talk about that. You love talking about Young Justice. I have feelings. <laughs> there, I have feelings about Young Justice. Do there, you? there, there were there were many many awakenings happened watching Young Justice. I think it was in roughly that period of, huh? Maybe I'm not straight. <laughs> Incredible. And maybe my sexuality is superheroes? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So yeah, we have a lot, a lot of good stuff to talk about next time. Um, it's definitely, you know, there, there's, there was definitely a, a lot of shows that suddenly came out. I think in that period, the, the we'll call it the pre-modern era. If we just, if we just left the Middle Ages, can we call next time the pre-modern era? I think it was called early modern, the thing I was looking at. So pre-modern works fine. Close enough. We're, we're going to do it our own thing, Katie. We're, make, we're making our own way in this world. We're not copying anybody else. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. Well, that should do it for today. Thank you for joining us on this wild ride. We have God, this is a long episode, isn't it? I think this is our longest episode yet. Definitely our longest episode. I'm feeling it in my throat, so I think it's time for us to pop back in that old cartoon time machine. And we're going to talk to you next time about... A little area, just a little forward in time. We're just going a little forward in time in our time machine. We're like, we're like doing the equivalent of like putting the car in neutral and letting it like go down just a little bit. That's what we're doing in the time machine next week. So we will see you there. Once again, I am Scarlet. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you next time.